the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko concludes The Healer today on the program. If you missed the first portion of this message, you can always go to reachingyourheart.com on the Internet. Look for the broadcast schedule and you'll find The Healer under today's date. If you have any other questions, of course, you can go ahead and contact us via the website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with the conclusion to The Healer. Here's Pastor Mike. I baptized a man once who had AIDS, and I had the privilege of burying him in Christ. Why is that a privilege? Because he will be resurrected at the end of the age in Christ. That's why. And I had no problem shaking that man's hand. Because Christ died for the man behind the hand. You know, this word was used to describe a plague or calamity. That's what nosos means. That can get out of control, that needs a cure. You know, this word describes the kind of disease that can spread unless it's checked. And so Christ enters the human sphere to stop the plague and to end the calamity. He's the cure. It doesn't matter whether it's spiritual or physical. Jesus healed every disease that can plague you in life. One cure for every problem. Hear me. One cure for every problem. Jesus. Jesus. Some people say, Pastor Mike, isn't that a little simple? No. That's profound. It's difficult. It comes face to face with pride and it lays it in the dust. It will not allow a secular mind to be unhumbled. It must surrender to the truth that Christ is the cure. The Bible says He healed every disease, nosos in the Greek, and every infirmity. Now the Greek word for infirmity is malachia. And this word describes a weakness or debility. It's a broad word that can describe a weakness of the heart and the emotions as well as the body. For the weak, the cure is strength. For the immobile, the cure is to receive energy to move. For the person well-trained in failure, the answer to failure is the lesson of success. Friend, Jesus came to heal the weak. The weak often masquerade as the strong. Am I right? Yeah, they often masquerade. We call that projection. But the weak people in life, they don't need a lecture about what they should do. They don't need someone giving them another list of rules. They need good news. The weak people simply need the strength to do what they should do. Weakness is itself an illness. Dear heart, it is not God's plan for you to be weak. I'm pausing because there needs to be an amen to that. Philippians 4.13, Paul writes, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, there's a place for rest in the Christian life, but there's no place for burnout. Because God has not called you to weakness, but to strength. In verse 23, the Bible says, So his fame spread in all Syria. The word Syria is found for the very first time in Judges 10.16. 
And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve Him. Isn't that a pretty tragic statement in the Bible? Pretty bad. Notice that this happened very clearly in the context by the association of the gods of Syria. Syria is famous for idolatry in the Bible. It's the place where people throw out God and find other gods to take His place. Maybe Syria is your neighborhood. Maybe Syria at times can be the church. Christ's fame spread not in the land of Judah where all the churches were. His fame spread in the land of Syria where there wasn't much influence like this, where the synagogues were there, but evil was more general. Jesus' fame spread to the north where all the unbelievers lived. Christ actively engaged the land of evil with healing power. You know, what should church be about here? I'll tell you something. This church needs to be a place where an unbeliever can come through our doors. And that unbeliever can find love, acceptance, but the truth as well. Where compromise does not muddy the environment whereby they can perceive biblical truth, but where love and acceptance is the general atmosphere that makes it possible for them to hear. Matthew 4.24, So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and it says he healed them. The text in the Greek would indicate he healed them all. That would be the syntactical sense. The text says they brought him all the sick. So contextually, he healed all that came. Now the word for sick is kakos in Greek. It's a word that describes the experience of harm. Hurt people are harmed people. And if they didn't get healed up, they end up hurting others. That's what I have found. Hurting people in time are very good at hurting others. The victim himself becomes the monster and the predator. If the victim cannot defeat the victim complex. Did you hear me? If you have a victim complex then in time you become the predator. You become the very one that hurts others. Because you are not free to be a healer. You're not free to love the lost unless you believe that love has found you first. So they brought him the hurting people. The hurting people came to Jesus. The church is the place in the plan of God where hurting people can be healed from a victim complex. Isaiah 36 says, the Lord will bind up the hurt of His people. I mean, if you are talking about the harms and hurts that others have inflicted on you to an extraordinary degree, it's one thing to lift it in prayer of the Lord, to confess it, to seek God's grace. That's fine. But if you are rehearsing that in your interaction with others and with yourself, you have a victim complex. Friend, Christ is the healer of every pain that causes harm. Every hurt and every alarm. Hurt and harm people are often hurt by others first. So you may not be guilty for that which hurts you, but you can become guilty for allowing it to create in you a victim complex. Christ will not break the weak soul that comes to Him to be healed from any form of hurt. Isaiah 42.3, A bruised reed He will not break, and a dimly burning wick He will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. You know, the next category of illness is described as various kinds of diseases. You know, sometimes a person is sick, and the sick is not just one thing. The sickness actually is a lot of things. You ever had 
multiple complications in your illnesses, interactive diseases and disorders. Uh, sometimes many illnesses interact to create a complex condition too difficult to isolate as any one thing. Christ came to heal these kind of complicated problems in your life. The complicated things that get out of control and proliferate. You don't have to know the diagnosis to be healed, thank goodness. You don't have to have some psychoanalytic center just like you figure it out. You need Jesus to heal you. That's what you need. Freud never healed anyone. And I've read the writings of Sigmund Freud. He died a miserable man. He should have been in a penitentiary for what he did, in fact, in his private life. He is not the template for healing in the modern world. Friend, Christ knows what's inside the secret part of the soul. You don't need someone under the control of the enemy to figure it out and to tell you what the devil thinks. You need Jesus. You need the Christ of the heart to transform that darkness within. You need the healer. The next category is called pains in my Bible translation. I've had pain in my life. Maybe you have too. The Greek word for pain here is basanos. Basanos is a Greek word that means severe pain. It means torment and torture. The Greek word comes from a word that means to test. It was used to describe the rack that was utilized for torture. In Revelation 9.5, we have an example of the usage of this word. Just pop over with me. It says, they were allowed to torture them. Here are these mean locusts in the book of Revelation. To torture them for five months. That's the word basanos. But not to kill them. And their torture was like the torture of a scorpion when it stings a man. This kind of suffering stings. Christ came to give relief for people in severe pain. He came to absorb the things that torment them on the inside that no one else can see. I can remember when I blew out my back years ago. I remember getting up one morning, going to the door. I got some church member called me too early. I jumped out of bed, twisted my back, and my disc blew. Boom. I had full paralysis of the right leg. I fell down at the floor. <laughs> and I remember like someone had taken like an ice pick and shoved it right in the middle of my spine. It was a neural injury. And it hurt. So I crawled down. I had a rack downstairs. And I popped my back out. And I got most of my leg back. But the rest of my foot, it was paralyzed. And I was in excruciating pain. I can remember that pain. It was so painful. It was nauseating. And it wouldn't go away. So I finally ended up in the clinic. They gave me steroids and so on. The pain dissipated after surgery. And then pain returned after surgery. They say that the pain cells begin to heal and they begin to work. And boy, was that a letdown. And I remember taking an aspirin before I would preach here at Reaching Hearts and it wouldn't work. And here's what I discovered. It was something. As I was writing my sermon, typing it out at the old office before it moved to the property years ago, I can remember lying on the floor crying in pain. Lord, this hurts so bad, I can't write this sermon. But I can remember as I wrote it anyway, I would come up to deliver it. And during the time of the delivery, I had no pain. And then I had pain afterwards. And what was the Lord doing? He was teaching me to rely on Him. So in that sense, pain was my friend. But I remember asking Him, Lord, I don't want this forever. 
I mean, I don't want to live a life where I'm constantly in pain. And shortly after that, the pain went away. It didn't go away instantly. It was a journey, but the pain was taken from me. You know, Christ can heal intense pain in your life, not just physical pain, but emotional pain. The kind of pain that comes when you have let God down or someone has hurt you immensely. And you can be healed from that pain. Remember, the person with the victim complex becomes the perpetrator in time. They become the very person that inflicts pain. So this kind of suffering stings, basanas, torture kind of pain. Friend, Christ came to give relief for people in severe pain. He came to absorb the things that torment them on the inside that no one else sees. He came ultimately to take away the pain itself. Christ can cure every prickly pain in your broken and festering life. Period. Your life was not scripted by God in Christ to be a tragic motif, a tale of terror and torment that stings. You were not called to fail at faith and to sink into a sea of suffering. Christ is the joy that overcomes the junk that causes pain. We live in a world where supernatural forces interact with the natural. I know this to be true. There are demons out there. There are demons out there. And we're not just fighting against flesh and blood. There are demons out there. So nothing is just a surface reality in life. There are devils and demons in this world, and they are bent on destroying you and your family. You may not think so, but they are. And if you want to meet some of them, if you want to meet some of them, just watch most of the movies that Hollywood produces. You'll meet them. In time, they'll control you, and you will become one of their ambassadors. I'm being direct because we're living before Jesus returns, friend. You know, this foolishness that we can get up and we can corrupt our souls before a tube or before a theater video representation and come to church and act like it's okay is not acceptable to a holy God. Christ's blood wasn't shed for nothing. It was shed to take away the power of demonic forces from human lives, that they might be free in Jesus. This is not legalism to speak to the problems of our time. And friend, a Christian should be noticed as a Christian. And I speak to myself as I do you. I want a high standard for the Lord Jesus who suffered on Calvary's cross for me. And there are demons out there that will take it away from you if you give them half a chance. The demoniacs are the next category of hurting people that Jesus healed. The Greek text says they brought to him people in the Greek pressed by demons. The Greek word for demon most likely comes from an old word that means to disrupt or tear apart. A demon is a force that will tear you apart. The demons in the Greek world, this word demon is another word for gods. The pagans worship beings that were identified by the New Testament revelation of the apostles as demons. Paul says that when you go to an altar that is not the altar of the Lord, and you participate in the worship of that altar, there are demons that you're interacting with at that altar. I didn't say it. The New Testament said it. In the biblical Jewish understanding, God's people understood that these other gods of the other nations of the earth were demonic powers at war with the angel of the Lord, with Jesus Christ in pre-existent form. 
And they understood correctly that there is absolutely no place to put those together in eclectic religious fashion. They are absolutely opposed to each other. The great world religions are not great at all as far as God is concerned. Why? In Deuteronomy 4.19 it says, When the nations, when God gave to them their inheritance, they chose to worship the host of heaven. He gave that to them. He says, But you shall not do this. We know the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece in Daniel 10 represent demonic powers, these gods of these kingdoms. They are not the God of Israel. And Jesus knew it. They can't heal the sinner. They don't atone. They're at war with the very principles of the atonement that brought Jesus to this earth. Friend, Christ was not an ecumenicist who taught that all faiths lead to God. He didn't teach this. Christ taught the truths of the Bible, the Word of God. He says, all who come before me are thieves and robbers. I mean, if you accept the teaching of Christ, you have to look at this thing quite straight on. Buddha is not the way. He does not have the light that will illumine the soul and the resurrection at the end of time. He provided a philosophy for coping. He did not provide a way to overcome guilt and sin so you can stand before the judgment bar of God justified in the last day. He could not do this. And no other world system can accomplish it. Gautama is not the light of the world. Jesus Christ is. In the Gospels, the demon gods oppress and they afflict people. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can heal the soul that is under demonic control. He is the Word of God that banishes evil. The next group Jesus healed were the epileptics. The Greek word for epilepsy comes from the word for the moon. It means to be moonstruck, to be a lunatic. It includes the illness of seizures. Again, it was thought that the moon affected people so that they would not be normal. I wonder if that's not true to some extent. This word represents the illness that comes from the powers of darkness or from nature that suddenly seizes you. It included the paralyzed and the lame and the thinking of the etymology here. This category represents the illness of weakness and immobility when you can't stop the chaos that overtakes you in life. The storm shuts you down. When the forces come against you and it's just chaotic and you begin to shake and you can't figure it out, it's fear and action intermingled to create the uncontrolled life. The storm shuts you down. Friend, Christ came to heal people like this. The epileptics are followed in Matthew 4.24 by the paralytics. Jesus healed them too. This category describes the immobile and the lame. They are people who can't walk. And someone who can't walk you can't come to Jesus on their own two feet, right? It doesn't matter, friend, how you get to Jesus. If someone brings you to Jesus because you're too weak to get there, if you get to Jesus, that's okay. Someone stronger than you may be the love of God in your life to bring you to Him. But once you come to Jesus... The lame can walk, the paralyzed can feel again, the dumb can talk, the blind can see, and God can become for you the new tingle in your extremities that before could not feel, that touches someone like you. Friend, those who have been healed can come to feel that God is the very presence they need and the presence they have found in the person of Jesus who touched them. My favorite theologian describes Jesus' ministry of healing in this way. Never was there such an evangelist as Christ. He was the majesty of heaven, but he humbled himself to take our nature that he might meet men where they were, 
to all people, rich and poor, free and bond, Christ, the messenger of the covenant, brought the tidings of salvation. His fame as the great healer spread throughout Palestine. How can Jesus heal so effectively? Isaiah the prophet told us how before he was born to the human race, before he was born, that servant of God would bear something else that was prophesied. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. The Hebrew literally says, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken. God was smitten and afflicted. That's the literal reading of that text. Friend, Jesus enters human history to absorb every illness, every pain, every sorrow, and every grief. It's the great exchange. He takes your sickness and gives you his health. He takes your pain and gives you his joy. He takes your punishment for sin. And he sets you free to sin no more and to not be punished because of his forgiveness. It's the great exchange of mercy and grace for sin and sickness. The cure is spiritual and physical in Jesus. Because Christ is the cure, he wants you to be fully cured. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are healed. Christ healed them all who came to him. So what is the condition for healing? How do you get it? Friend, coming to Jesus is the condition for healing. Coming to Him. He said, Come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for the weary. Jesus is the great sponge for your sins. He soaks them up. Jesus heals your sin-sick illness by transferring the malady from you to Him. Matthew eight seventeen. That evening they brought to Him many who were possessed with demons, he cast out the spirits of the word and healed all who were sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and he bore our diseases. Peter understood it well that all this came to a head at the cross of Calvary. The cross is the place for the great exchange. The gentle healer himself is wounded with our diseases. And when he's done, the cancer has no power over you anymore. The cross is the place Jesus takes you disease and He gives you God's forgiveness. 1 Peter 2.24 He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. For you were strained like sheep but now have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Friend, by His wounds you have been healed. The cross is an accomplished reality in the mind of God. What you need in life, what must be the healing path you will be on, in Christ it is finished. When you take your hurt to the cross, touch the hand that has the hole in it and let all the pain and all the disease of your sin-sick soul sink into that hole and be absorbed into the one who is the sin bearer for you. Jesus is a wounded healer, but he's whole. And the wounded healer is the gentle healer for the human race. 
Peter said, by his wounds you have been healed. Dear Father God, not a single one of us can get ourselves out of the ground on resurrection morning. The ultimate healing is to be called to life in a body not like this one. And Father, we were born with this one. We're grateful that Jesus died to destroy it, but not us. That we would survive the transition. That our spirits, renewed in the Holy Spirit, would be placed in a body that is immortal. And the transition would be such that the old would be gone, the new, young, and new, forevermore. Father, there's some pretty sick folk here at RHI that we love. Bless them in Jesus. And Father, there are people here who are struggling with Jesus, what to do with Him. Lord, may they end that struggle. The fact they're struggling is proof that Christ is calling them. Proof that their lives are His if surrendered. Lord, who they will be is yet to be seen in Christ. And Lord, those of us who have been baptized for many years, sometimes we see things in ourselves which we don't like. We see some part of the old man emerge that we want to see crucified. Continue to heal and keep us until that glorious day when everything is gone that hinders us in knowing you. Bless your people, Lord. Keep them, hold them in the peace and love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that will complete The Healer. Today's Reaching Your Heart. We hope that you enjoyed this message. Remember, you can always go to reachingyourheart.com to listen to this message along with any other messages you hear. That's reachingyourheart.com. Look for the broadcast schedule. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area and are looking for a church home, or if you're passing through, please stop by the worship service this Saturday at 11 o'clock. The new address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That again is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. For more information, you can stop by the website. Thanks for listening. As always, we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.